Hey everybody, this is Jonathan. I am in Orlando this week with Carmela for Podcast Movement. We have not recorded a new episode for this week, but I have picked a fantastic episode from the archives. This is one that's only currently available to our patrons at TrivialWarfareArmy.com. If you want access to this and a bunch of other awesome episodes in the future, just go to TrivialWarfareArmy.com. Until then, enjoy the show. Warning, the following podcast may prove to be informative and educational, but it is guaranteed to be entertaining. Welcome to Trivial Warfare, the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oakes. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name's Jonathan, and I am here today with Ben. Hey, what's up, man? Long time no see, man. I know. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, yeah, you always say that, but you never show up. <laughs> Carmela is here. Hello, Carmela. Hello, everyone. Uh, we also have special guests today from the Trivia Geeks podcast, Carrie and Sean. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? It's Hello. great to have you guys here. Thanks so for having us. Before we get into it with you guys, I want to pick on Ben for a little bit. Is that okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Love okay. that. Where have you been, dude? It's been months. <laughs> I know. I've I've been all I've uh to quote Lisa Stansfield, I've been all around the world in I I I. Uh I nobody knows that reference except for you. Been around the world in I I I. No, I know yeah. that one. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, good. He it's can't find his baby, order. apparently. So. Yeah, I can't <laughs> yeah. find my baby. So, yeah, I've uh, in the last month, I've been making a couple of runs to Boston, um, getting my Master Black Belt certification. So, uh, I did make sure to take two showers when I got back, per your advice. Good. To Excellent. Get all, to get the Bostons fully scrubbed off of me. <laughs> yes. And then I've been back and forth to Tampa as well, doing some work. So, I've, I've been on the road a lot. So, did you pass the Bruce Lee test? I did. I did. Awesome. I, I chopped the blocks. And, That's right. And Master Black Belt. Yeah, I'm, I'm there, man. I'm did you wear the yellow back, jumpsuit? Dude. Thank you. Was that? Did you wear the yellow jumpsuit? No, they didn't have any in my size. Oh, oh lame. That's a bummer. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a 52 chest, so it's kind of tough to find it in 52. So. He's busty. Yeah. All right. Well, I know that's, that feeling. That's enough of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Carrie and Sean, Trivia Geeks is an awesome trivia podcast I got the pleasure of competing on not too far back. I went up against an erotic author. That was an unusual circumstance. That was the first time I can say that. <laughs> so tell people about the show. What can they expect from a game of trivia geeks? Oh, authors, expect apparently. the unexpected. That's uh, pretty much our motto because you just never know what our writers are going to come up with. Um, we play Trivia Geeks in three rounds usually. It's uh, different games, and then the last round is random trivia, and then we have a bonus round that is tailored to our guests, and our guests come from all over the place. We've had podcasters, cartoonists, as you alluded to, uh, a writer of erotica, you know, just anybody who has uh, something interesting to say. We always tell people we're more um, Hollywood squares than we are Jeopardy. We're more focused on the personalities and having a fun than we are on the actual trivia. And so this is going to be an interesting uh, test for Carrie and I. I usually don't get to play since I host Trivia Geek. So this is a kind of a newer experience for me is actually getting to play. So. Oh, boy. You're in for it today, my man. 
<laughs> you can just carry me, Sean. It's fine. I don't, I don't even know. Like I, I, I know such obscure trivia. I don't know what this is going to be like. So I'm kind of like, oh no, I'm not really good at trivia. I mean, we play the games and stuff, and the games are fun. They're they're a lot. Like you know, we've got a few. Like you know, uh, we have like Geek Pyramid, which is like uh, the uh, old uh, hundred thousand dollar pyramid we've got some like family feud type style things you don't really have to have like you know a degree in physics to play our game which is really nice you know a lot of people get a little scared coming on we're like it's fine you'll have fun (laughs) it's easy you know so we try wax (laughs) yeah just chill out so ours is a little bit you know less pub a little bit more Drinking from the pub, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, luckily for you guys, Carmela's asking the questions today, so it should typically isn't traditional pub trivia questions when Carmela hosts. It's more of the more of those obscure, random things that that Carrie you might be all about. I'm here Yay, for you, Carrie. Obscure girl power, team Carmela. <laughs> Sean's like, go. oh crap, really? <laughs> all right, it's well, all you guys, good. are you guys ready to warm it up, Chris? It's time to warm it up. Warfare today, and there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA, and that's Chris, and sometimes Jonathan. All right, I've got a list. Rolling Stone rated the top Saturday Night Live actors and actresses, not characters, but actual people to appear on Saturday Night Live. Okay. 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 Cast not, members. Not hosts. Cast members. Cast gotcha. members. Okay. They rated them. Rolling Stone rated them out of the 141 people on the show, and they put them all in order. Wow. I want you guys to try and name the people who are on the top 10 of that list. So by funniest, by best? It's just, I can't answer that. Gotcha. Strictly by Rolling Stone's ratings of them. All right. We are going to start with Carrie. Oh, God. Jeez, this is like out of a uh, how many hundred and whatever. A hundred and forty-one people have been cast members as of the time they did this. A hundred and forty-one people had been cast members. By the way, this is uh, this is from a listener. This is from Stephen Vetter. Thanks, so, Stephen. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. How about um, Steve Martin? Steve Martin, not in the top ten. Okay, so this list is already bogus. Steve Martin was never a cast member. He was only a frequent host. But a boom. He <laughs> wow. actually he's tied with uh, or he was tied with Alec Baldwin for the number for the number one spot on hosting. All right, Sean, over to you. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the guy that's responsible for two of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits of all time. Mr. White and James Brown hot tub party. Mr. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is number two on the list. Well done. Hot tub. Gonna make you sweat. I love that, man. I love that. All right, Ben, it's you. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Not in the top ten. Yeah, see, no, wow. there's, there's no way. Yeah. There's no yeah. way, man. I don't agree with many there's of no- Rolling Stone's lists either, so I don't He's- blame you. I, I dare anyone to name anyone funnier than Chris Farley. He's the funniest cast member they ever had ever. No, that now that's not <clears throat> true. Name somebody funnier than Chris Farley. I'll, let me look, let me look, the, let me look at this list. Oh wait, <laughs> after Eddie Murphy. We've already done it. That's a push, man. How that's not a push. a push. It is a push, man. You're a push. <laughs> You're I don't know. Chris Farley's Chippendale uh, thing with Patrick. <laughs> 
may have been the funniest thing they've ever done inside. Yeah, I agree. I think Ben's going to go ahead and live in a van down by the river. (laughs) Down by the river. (laughs) All right, Carmela, who's your guest? Um, How has nobody named the late, great John Belushi? Numero uno. John Belushi. (laughs) Well done. All right, Carrie, back to you. All right, redeem myself with feminism. Tina Fey. Number three on the list, Tina uh, Fey. Yeah, well sense. done. Thank you. Sean, back to you. All right, I still got to go old school, and I'm going to go with uh, Dan Aykroyd. Number five on the list, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> awesome. Now we're picking up steam. Van, back to you. Um, crap. He is not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Chris Rock. I got jokes. <laughs> Chris Rock not in the top oh 10 my God. and I, that is only because he only did like two seasons he was a yeah. very short lived cast member I'm sure that I'm he would have been Saturday Night Live. too right. late they've already lost their relevance that's true <laughs> All right, Carmela over uh, to you let's go Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon no Jimmy gotcha. Fallon is not on the list alright last time around Carrie we still have number four, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten available. Mm, one of one of my favorites, and I think it was really important in Saturday Night was Phil Hartman. I love Phil Hartman. Yeah, he was good, man. Number seven on the list, Phil Hartman. Yeah, good job. Oh, there's somebody. Re- oh, all right, Sean. Of course. All right. Oh, Ben's starting to pick up steam. I, I over definitely here have one now. <laughs> I'm gonna be torn. Torn between two, one old school, one a little bit newer. I think I'm going to have to go with Wayne and say Mike Myers. Oh, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> Mike Myers is correct. Number four on the list. Oh God, party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. <laughs> All right, Ben. I'm going to go with Garth, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Just off the list. No, <laughs> number 11 is Dana Carvey. Oh, it's a church chat. Oh. Well, well, isn't that special? special. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carmela, how could you round this out? Do you oh. have one of the last uh, four people remaining? Oh, God, who was one of those guys, the guy that's been on there for like ever? He only recently came off of Saturday Night Live. Uh, Daryl something. Hammond? Daryl Hammond. Not on the list. Damn it. Do you think I would have helped you? <laughs> All right. The remaining people on the list. At number six, Bill Murray. Oh, okay. At number eight, who's Tina Fey's partner? Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Gilda Radner. Oh, Rosanna Dana Bano Dana. And number 10, <laughs> I highly disagree with because he was only there for, I believe, one season. Chevy Chase. Chase. Yeah, Chevy Chase doesn't belong to be on that list, man. I was actually thinking about Gilda Radner. You have people who did not make the top 10 who are near it. Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig, Chris Farley was number 15, Adam Sandler was 17. Adam Sandler should be way lower on that list. Chris Rock was 21. (laughs) What about Hader? Uh, Bill Hader was number 13. Yeah, Uh, I love him. Yeah, Good job, though. You guys you guys did a pretty good job. You got the yeah. top five. It's well done. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So the way that this game is going to work today, we are going to have a grudge match of a sort. It's trivia show versus trivia show. Trivial warfare versus trivia geeks. Carrie and Sean 
are taking on the team of Ben and Jonathan with Carmella asking the questions. No pressure. Is everybody ready? Ready. Ready. All right, guys. It is time to play the game. Play us. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. This is Mr. Literateur himself cordially inviting you to the game. This is six rounds of trivia goodness. Three questions per round. Every right answer gets you 10 points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme-based questions we call the gauntlet. It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on. Carmela, take it away. All right, round one. Your first category is in sports. 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 What is the oldest trophy competed for in North America? In terms of like a championship trophy? Yes. Okay. We're, we're locked <laughs> into that, huh? We're locked in. Right. Okay, we are locked in. All right. Well, right now, I'm kind of leaning towards the Stanley Cup because I know, like, if you're going with the four major sports, the Lombardi Trophy is less is only 50 years old. The baseball trophy has only been around since, I think, like, the 20s. Um, and then basketball, I think, was even later than that. The Stanley Cup, I think, is over 100 years old. Now, Carrie, you're thinking America's Cup? Yeah, that's all I can think of. And that's just because it's the first thing that came to my head. You know how I play this game. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, how I play it on Trivia Geeks. I'm like, hmm. You said cup, America's Cup. So, um, all I'm thinking is like sailing, and back in the day where you know, like I'm like Harvard, and there you'd had those rowing teams and the sailing team. So that's that's what I'm thinking. But you know, sports better than me. So if you want to go Stanley Cup, I'm good with that. Yeah, I. You could be right, but I'm just I'm not positive of when that came about. So I think I'm probably going to go with the Stanley Cup just to. Play it safe. Lock it in, buddy. All right. Stanley Cup. All right. Ben and I ended up with the same logic and went Stanley Cup. But now that you guys talked, Ben, do you know the name of the trophy for college football? No, but it's been changed so many times. Oh, it doesn't have a consistent name? No. Okay. Because yeah. college football, I think, is older. the NCAA doesn't recognize a, a national champion. The NCAA doesn't. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we went Stanley Cup. All right. And it was introduced in 1893, the Stanley Cup. Oh, mm. thank goodness. Yes. We thought baseball, the World Series started in like 1901, 1902. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't know the name of the trophy. So <laughs> it's like, well, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> and I think that trophy's also changed names because I think they named it after someone. Yeah, you're probably so. right. I certainly don't know what the name of it is. Yeah. All right. Your next category is in music. Within two, how many studio albums did Michael Jackson release as a solo artist, not including any posthumous albums? Does it include greatest hits albums? It says studio albums. So, okay. all right, we're locked in. Carrie, you have any idea on this? Uh, it's before he died, right? So I don't know. I, I, I immediately just went Thriller one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> Locked in one. Um, God. Bad. Bad. That was a good. It's two. That's good. All. How do you know all these? Let's see. So you got three off the wall. That's good. Um, there was at least two more later. Before he died. Yes. And there's no, well, was one of those a greatest hit, though? So? No. 
No, he had at least two more studio albums. So he had at least five studio albums. So here's what I'm thinking. Sure. We say seven because we have to get within two. So that covers us everywhere from five all the way up to nine. So if there's ones we're missing, we'll still be okay. This is why I keep you around. We'll go with (laughs) seven. Lock that in. So their logic was closer to my logic. Um, But I think, Ben, you were thinking... The, you were thinking higher than that. And I think the reason was, is that like after dangerous, and I think he did like scream in 95 or 96 or something like that. And then yep. after that, he probably released some that weren't popular that we weren't thinking of. Is that what you were going with? Yeah. So I was looking at off the wall, thriller, bad, dangerous. There was another one he released in 95. I think that was history, which was the anthology he did, mm-hmm. which had remastered songs as well as new albums. So there that, was studio mm-hmm. and then this is it i i can't remember if that was released before or after he died or right around it it was recorded obviously before he died mm-hmm. but that leads from 95 to 2008 when he dies a 13 year gap and i know that he must have done at least two albums in that gap based mm-hmm. on my memory so that puts me at about eight so i said i think it's at least eight so let's go 10 in, in case we in case there's more than that we didn't think about. So we went with Ben and mm-hmm. we went 10. Okay. The answer is 10. Oh my Sweet. gosh. Wow, Sweet. Nice. The albums in release order were Got to Be There, mm. Ben. He had an album named Ben. That's he had right. an album named Ben? Mm-hmm. Wow. And you didn't know that? Your name is he a, Ben. He had a single. I didn't know it was a whole album. If he had an album I, named Jonathan, I, I would freaking know it. <laughs> Music and Me, uh, Forever Michael, Off the Wall. Thriller, Bad, Dangerous, History, Past, Present, and Future, Book One, and Invincible. And he also had two posthumous oh. albums, studio albums. So these were all so those, those all of the ones that before. you, yeah. we got lucky then, because they were all before Off the Wall. I thought yeah. Off the Wall was his first album. I did too. So did I. Wow. No, he had, yeah, he had three albums before Off the Wall. So wow. we weren't right because we were good. We were right because Ben is lucky. <laughs> <laughs> That was game theory. I knew but it was at if, least if, eight. If I was going to say, you know, including the posthumous albums, you still would have got it right because he had 12 studio albums. Look at that. Total. Good job, Ben. So. Thanks. All right. Last category in the round is in comics. Ooh, like comic books or comic strips? Um, well, you'll find out with the question. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what Marvel hero was born Natalia Romanova? All right. We're locked in. All right. All right Sean, Black Widow. That's immediately who I thought it was. Well, was Black. I know some comics. I got comics. <laughs> All right, we'll lock in with Black Widow. Yep. So Ben wanted to lock in with that chick from the Avengers. <laughs> I couldn't think of her name, but I knew that he knew it. So and, and I I wrote down Benjamin. <laughs> I wrote down Black Widow, and we went ahead and locked that in. Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow. Nice job, guys. All right, after the first round, it is thirty for Jonathan and Ben to twenty for Sean and Carrie. 30 to 20. It's not humiliating, but we can come back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Round two, your first categories in literature. Literature. (laughs) What is the best-selling fiction novel of all time? Could you share the source for the question strictly because I know that the book sale numbers are very disputed Um, depending on how they're tracked? Um, the original source was from lovereading.co.uk, who collated figures for numbers of editions, translations, and copies sold of the world's most popular books, including fiction and nonfiction. All right, we're locked in. All right, Carrie, you have, 
thoughts on this off the top of your head? There are so many. I mean, this is like a mind-boggling question. You can go anywhere from, you know, Black Beauty to Lord of the Rings to, like, you know, to Kill a Mockingbird. This is kind of, I don't know. It's all over the place. I've got a theory on this. All right. Maybe, like, completely out of left field, but... Hit me, brother. Throw it down. the The more recent books will have a larger audience just because there's more people and more you know, book buying public. I love it. But you need to make sure that the book is older than um, when the eBooks really started taking a chunk out of the, the buying of it. And the one in my lifetime that I, that stands out that everybody was reading at the same time is Dan Brown's, the Da Vinci code. And that would have been right in that sweet spot before the ebook started taking a big chunk of it. Now I may be completely off base and you may be right that it is the Hobbit or something like that. But my gut is telling me that it's more recent than that. And I would go with Dan Brown's, the Da Vinci code, because that was the big one. I read it, which is unusual because I'm not a reader, Yeah, Uh, but uh, yeah, I read it. Um, My problem is, is I just don't know if it's the number one of all time. Like, for me, I would think it would be either, like, you know, it would be something recent. I like your logic in that, but I would think more it would be, like, Lord of the Rings or uh, even Harry Potter or Hobbit or something like that. It would be, I don't know, I think there's more people that read uh, Tolkien than they do um, the Harry Potter books. I think more people got into the movies because of the kids, but... um, uh, (sighs) What do you want to do? Well, if we go Tolkien, we got to figure out which one. Just the Lord of the Rings, isn't it? Just no, it? that's is it? Is it? What? That's the trilogy. It's the Fellowship of the Ring, the Twin Towers, and the Return of the King are the three books in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh my God! Why do you have to make this complicated? <laughs> Can't we just go the Hobbit then? Like, screw it. Just say the Hobbit. That's part of it. What do you want to do? Because you know, it's only an hour show, so. I don't know. I'm still thinking Dan Brown because the the. All Lord right, of- let's go with it. You know, I don't like to argue. Yeah. Watch. All right. Let's we'll lock in the Da Vinci Code. Yep. Let's do it. Okay. I think I figured out the right answer after we locked in. We wrote down uh, one of our options was the Da Vinci Code. We also thought about Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. My logic was that it would be an older book because the purchases over time add up to more than the more the recent purchases because like classroom sales for every time you buy a classic book those add up over the years right sure we ended up locking in gone with the wind but as i started thinking about it afterwards i feel pretty certain that the answer is going to be don quixote um by cervantes all right carmela what do we got um well i don't have sales numbers for uh gone with the wind i do have sales numbers for uh the da vinci code which is around 80 million but the number one with an estimated 500 million copies sold Don Quixote. Yeah. Damn it. Ah! <laughs> you're ta- you're sitting there talking and it flashes in my head after the fact. It's like, no, I've seen this before. <laughs> Why? Windmills, that's all I got. I Every I freaking school since the beginning of schools <laughs> has purchased a hundred copies of Don Quixote for their kids. You gotta think about all the translations oh and all my that God. too. Is it is wasn't it like Middle eight, like not middle ages, but it was like, published in 1612. Yeah, I was about to say, like, really, yeah. really old. Yeah. yeah, I'm so frustrated. All right, neither of us get credit for that one. All right, all right. Your next category is in history. Canning foods was first introduced during what early 19th century war? 
You mean like early in the morning? Yeah. Early in the century. Oh, darn. That changes things. All right, we're locked in. All right. Carrie? Oh, Lord. Um, That's what I said. <laughs> She's making the face. I have no idea based on the canning foods part, Carrie, but the early 19th century war uh, immediately makes me think of the War of 1812 because it's early in the 19th century. Well, yeah, and I want to say that it was uh, it was a French thing um, that introduced it. So, I mean, that would kind of make sense right around that time. I thought it was like more in the like late 1700s, but I could be wrong. Oh, God, I was semi-researching this for Feast on History, too, and I just can't remember the information, of course. Yeah, let's go with it. I'm good with that. Yeah, I can't even name another war that took place that early, so I guess we'll go with the War of 1812, lock it in. Okay, yep, works for me. We had very similar logic, guys. We we were trying to go back and forth and name early 19th century wars, and the best we could come up with that we for 100% certain was early 19th century. The Franco-Prussian War? I know I that's like the is. Boer War. I don't think she would have gone with the Boer War. So we, yeah. went, we went the War of 1812. Yeah. Well, you are correct, Carrie, in that it was French in origin. It was the Napoleonic Wars. Ah. Uh, so of we course. should have... We should have t- ben wrote down the French Revolution and I said... Ben, I, I don't really think that's a war. It's not a war. And it, it was started an uprising. In the 18th century, yeah. But Napoleon yeah. definitely had wars. I, actually, yeah. I've never really paid attention to the name of Napoleon's conquering other countries. I guess they're called the Napoleonic Wars. They're called the Napoleonic Wars. <laughs> actually, yeah. what they did in the early part of the war is the French government or whatever that they had in place at the time said, hey, we'll pay somebody like 12,000 francs if you can figure out a way to keep food from spoiling for our soldiers. And this guy came up with, you know, it's like, hey, if you leave it in can uh, in glass jars, you don't break the seal open. Um, they last for a while. So that's how that process got started. That really makes a lot of sense, too, because yeah. when Napoleon was going into Russia, his supply lines were ridiculously long and he had to have a way to get stuff out to the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Je ne sais pas. Actually, actually, I know uh, a little bit of trivia about the origin of the phrase sacre bleu. Oh. So the phrase actually should be sacre du, which is my god, or uh, and something like that. Um, but now it's my blue cheese. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of the King Louis was really religious and wouldn't allow people to take the Lord's name in vain. Hmm. But he had a dog named Blue. So people started saying Sacre Bleu instead of Sacre Du. It's a holy du- So it's holy Oh My Dog? dog. Yep. <laughs> wow. How about that? <laughs> All right. Your next category is in science. 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 Well done. Napoleon Bonaparte was known to have alorophobia. This is the fear of what common domestic animal? Say the word again slowly. Alorophobia. Could you spell it, please? A-I-L-U-R-O. P-H-O-B-I-A. It is the fear of what common domestic animal? We've done 80 plus episodes of this show. I have not gotten one phobia question right, and I hate them all. <laughs> but we love you, Jonathan. Because they hate phobias. Because they should have Latin roots, but I don't reckon, you never recognize the root of the word. Like I don't recognize this. You're to blame, too. You bring that crap in here. I was reading a show note the other day from you. Okay, I did it once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've done a few. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yes, we know. 
why couldn't it be like equophobia or something like that? I could I could get equophobia. Caninophobia. Because, right? Because he wasn't afraid of equo. Bo- bovinophobia. <laughs> yeah, right? Fish are not domesticated. Lots of people have fish in their house. They're not domesticated? What do you call a fish in your house? It's domestic. I I call it a fish. He calls it dinner. It's domestic. (laughs) It's at home. Domestic means home, okay? If you were to lay that fish out in a different piece of water that was connected to a stream, would it stick around and do what you told it to do? Maybe. No. Yes, it would. My fish always have. (laughs) All zero of them that I've ever owned. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Back to thinking. (laughs) So, our... Our wrong answer is locked in. It might not be wrong. It's wrong. Okay, fine. All right, guys, you can figure out what your wrong answer is now. All right, Sean, I know this. Time for our faulty logic. Oh, you know this. I do. Um, It's really weird that I know this. Um, I had, in like third grade, um, I was in this program for academically talented, and they gave us a little bit of Greek. I know two words left in my brain. Aloros is cat. And um, Skylos is dog. So this is the fear of cats. Meow, meow. That's all I got. I told you that my random stuff. Hey, that, that's stuff. good. We may tie it up. So we'll you know, let's go with it. All right. They said cats. We had a list of things and cat was on it, but we went with sheep because we figured uh Oh, we didn't figure it'd be cat, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I, we didn't know any Greek roots of anything. We we were more on the Latin side, so the feline part of this, the felinophobia wouldn't have helped us. Yeah. We yeah. said sheep. Um, Alorus does mean cat. It's the fear of cats. <laughs> really well done, Carrie. I get one. I say this every show. I do one of these a show, and that's it. And then I'm out. Then I just pick answers. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That was impressive. And that's the end of the second round. Mm-hmm. We did terribly, Ben. It's your fault. Did we, did we strike out? We did. Oh, that's horrible. The score is now 30 to 30 after the second round. It's all tied up. All right. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> because of the cat. The it's cat. Question, Damn yep. cat. <laughs> all right. Round three. First category is movies. All right. What was the trouble in Alfred Hitchcock's film, The Trouble with Harry? The trouble is I've never seen this film. We're locked in with our next wrong answer of the day. This will be excellent. All right, guys, on to you. I'm not too bad at movies, but Hitchcock is not in my wheelhouse. So I, I saw it once when I was little, so I, I think he was dead. He's dead? I think, I think he was a like the corpse. I know that there's something about that. Like, you know, like he was... There was I don't know if that was Harry, though, but I think it was. I can't remember because it's kind of like all clouded in my head, but... The story goes like they find like a local type of a corpse or something like that. I think he's a corpse, so I think he was dead. That's that's all I got, Sean. And if you got nothing, let's lock that sucker in. <laughs> I was gonna go with schizophrenia because it's I like her. Know, Hitchcock, so why not? But yeah, dead works. Let's go with dead. Hey, that's dead, trouble. whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of a trouble, I would think, right? I don't we'll know. That's all I got. We'll all lock right. in. So we figured we we had no idea. We just guessed the first thing that came to mind and we figured the trouble with him was the same trouble as bernie had which is he was dead so we said he was dead so the trouble with harry is a black comedy in which they find a dead body named harry on the side of a hill Woo! (laughs) 
Oh, it's not fair that you guys got it on a guess. <laughs> you got it on a guess too. Yeah, I saw it when I was like six or seven. <laughs> I'm. I have a little bit, a tiny bit of ESP. I must have read your mind. You know, I bet that this was inspiration for Weekend of Mine. You know, the fact it that you were watching been. Hitchcock movies when you were seven explains a lot about you, Carrie. Just want to oh, say. Oh, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. you don't even know. Yeah, you should try working with her on a daily basis. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, your next category is a mythology. Okay. In Roman mythology, who is Jupiter's father? All right, we're locked in. All right. Well, Romans always did things that made semi-sense when they were naming the months of the year. I mean, everything was supposed to go into, um, you know, a certain date. Like, you know, October was supposed to be the eighth month and all those types of things. Um, you know, what's-his-name came along and screwed it all up. But it was it was on this path of everything. So, Jupiter, thinking about the alignment of the planets, I could be wrong. Saturn would be the dad, and then I, nobody can see this, like me doing this in no, my No, I'm head. watching it. I'm enjoying <laughs> it right. tremendously. <laughs> She's like, holding up an imaginary Saturn in her hand. <laughs> With the rings. <laughs> I do that all the time. I really I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking it. I'm thinking Saturn, Sean. Um, right, about now, 90% there. So, so Jupiter's the fifth planet. Saturn's the sixth. Would they have gone the other way? Is it Mars? Because Mars comes no. before Jupiter? No, because no, because that would be... No. I, no. Okay. I'm going with Saturn. Uh, you know, she's pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah, she is. Um, so I know it was either Saturn or Uranus. And... If you read the Percy Jackson books, Uranus is the big bad guy, but I feel like they skipped a generation because like Carrie was saying, they did things really organized in their mythology. And I believe that it was a generational jump where Jupiter was the king of the Olympian gods, but his dad was Saturn and his grandfather was Uranus. So we said Saturn. The sun liked it so much they put a ring on it. It was Saturn. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Uh, His Greek counterpart was Kronos, who was the father of Zeus. So if you know how the the names line up, you can back your way into it. This is a hard game. I thought I was going to come on here, drink some coffee, and be cool. I'm like thinking. You're doing amazingly well, though. So quit complaining. If you'd Mm. like to miss more questions, then you can complain. (laughs) Don't tell anybody I know stuff. Wow. Won't come on the show. Sean said he was the good one. He's been lying. <laughs> he knows sports. I back out. That's why I host <laughs> those who can't do those who can't host. So. There you go. Oh, that's not true because our hosts, our hosts, back and forth, they do both. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Carmel. Last question of the third round. It's going to be in fashion. Oh crap! Great. I'm out. Yay! <laughs> See what I'm oh. wearing? I'm out. <laughs> I'm wearing one of my Batman shirts. I mean, but All that's right. fashion to me. Actually, we've got a Batman shirt and a and yes. a Avengers shirt in the room. I got over a here. Superman on. Do you really? Yeah, I can't. Just- <laughs> and we got stormtroopers. Wow, you're the odd man out. <laughs> I'm wearing an Ireland shirt. Oh. <laughs> Ireland man. Because Ben picked. I always wear a Superman shirt, and Ben picks on me because every time he sees me, I'm wearing the same Superman. Oh, I just shirt. wonder if you ever wash it. You know, I see you in that shirt. You every do time. see him like once every three months, though. I mean, That's let's true. just be fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your question is: X type, open end. Two-way and closed end are all types of what? Eh, hate fashion. Fashion doesn't really like you either. 
Yeah. 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 All right, we're locked in. <laughs> All right, I'm thinking like tents have this, and my sweater has this, and my jacket has this. Um, the tent has an open-ended like zipper, and my my uh, sweater has a closed-ended zipper at the bottom. And I think that there's a two-way zippers that you can do. So, and the X type I would think would be the style of teeth. Or just being able to zip, zip, zip them that way. So I'm thinking zipper, Sean. Yeah, I, she was saying zipper. And, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is that that was the first thing I thought. And I have no reason to, to think that it was right until you said zipper. Um, mm-hmm. So why don't we go ahead and lock in zipper then? Ben, you started by saying zippers was the first thing that came to mind just because I couldn't think of anything else. Right. I'm not sure... A, I don't understand the concept of a close-ended zipper though, because it's closed. Then how do you zip it? Yeah. So I got I got stuck with that thought, and I end up th- um, thinking about like stitching. So like when I um, when I look at my shirt, every every time there's a stitch, there's a pattern to it, right? And so I figured that open and close-ended could be types of stitching. I know I've seen like double stitching, where it's in an X, like two straight lines, and then X's in between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we said stitches. Yep. All right, Carmela, what, what's the answer? They are types of zippers. Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. Why didn't I listen to Ben? You had no thunder, Ben. <laughs> That's been the thing lately. If you don't have any thunder, nobody you, you, you give it away. Speaking of giving it away, <laughs> after the third round, Sean and Carrie are in the lead 60 to 50. Way to go, Ben. We're going to catch up right here. Right All now. right. Right, right here. <laughs> right here, right now. Right here. None shall pass. That's right. None? None. None at all? Maybe some. Okay. <laughs> a couple. Just a couple. So your midpoint question is in sports. Sports. Name four out of the top five most valuable NFL teams of 2016, according to Forbes.com. Values are based on their current stadium deals. Yeah, Sean, this is all you... He said something about sports ball, and I just went, oh, I need another cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are locked in. All right. So, Carrie, I'm thinking this this question is basically boiling down to which team are the most valuable teams monetarily. And so I was trying to think of four teams that have universal fan bases that extend far beyond their hometown the Packers um, okay I came up with All the I, Patriots the only reason I know that is because like people in Illinois are nuts on the Packers and it's weird people so. in Illinois yeah. are nuts period yeah, <laughs> yeah I love you Illinois <laughs> actually we got a lot of listeners in Illinois I can't really talk yeah. about them yeah Russ is you already Illinois. did good people up in Illinois yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> salt of the earth so whatever I, you got Sean I'm going with so what do you well, got I came up with the Patriots, the Giants, the Steelers, and the Cowboys, but I kind of, now that you say the Packers, I kind of like that better than the Giants. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to say the New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Green Bay Packers. Wouldn't that be fun if I contributed? That would be great. That would be great. That's all I'm saying. Let's see how it rolls. Giants were in there too, and we got all five, but that doesn't count. (laughs) You know, what's funny. We'll we'll lock in Patriots, Steelers, Cowboys, Packers. I did think about the Packers. I did too. But I thought about them being publicly owned. 
And so I didn't own in that stadium is not worth a whole lot. Yeah. But from a branding perspective, I agree with them completely. Sure. Ben and I went with the Steelers, the Giants, the Cowboys and the Patriots and the Giants strictly because they're a New York team and they get a lot of cred, even though they're terrible all the time. That stadium is huge. They just built a new one. Yes. It's very valuable. All right. At number one with 4.2 billion Dallas Cowboys. Knew that. At 3.4 billion New England Patriots. Hate that. (laughs) 3.1 billion New York Giants. Yay! Number four with three billion, the San San Francisco 49ers. No! (laughs) Ben had the 49ers written down and I said absolutely not. And I almost said the Niners because they got that new Levi Stadium. stadium. Yeah. It better not be the Vikings. They got a new stadium too. And at number five with 2.95 billion, the very poorly named Washington Redskins. Oh, really? We got three. We both got three. Jacksonville was number 25. That's better than number 31, which is where they've been forever. <laughs> um, do you want to know the next five? Just Sure. All right. Next five um, was the LA Rams, the New York Jets, yeah. Chicago Bears, Houston Texans, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. We weren't even Woo-hoo. in the top 10 with our other ones. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah, kidding. That's interesting. So we both got three. We both got 15 points. The score after the midpoint. 75 to 65. Carrie and Sean are in the lead. Now, before we go on to the second half, I want to do something a little different today. Typically, we run a ad for a company like Loot Crate or for Audible. Today, I want to tell you about something cool that one of your fellow Warheads is doing. The Warhead is Katie Sikelski, and she has a trivia competition that's getting started called The Inkling. The Inkling is a brand new biannual trivia competition with a pretty old-fashioned format. Everything happens via the postal system. That's right. It'll give you a good reason to actually check your mail again. Uh, So the way it works is competitors will receive a packet of printed questions along with a limited edition art print and pen. And the participants will have three weeks to write out their answers on the sheets that are provided and send them back in. The packets will be scored and the rankings will be posted online. So this is a really fun little game that I'm sure some of you are going to want to try out. If you want to find out more about it, you can go and register at inklingtrivia.com. That is I-N-K-L-I-N-G trivia.com, all one word. And uh, the first competition starts November 1st, so this is the first wave. Sign-ups end on October 15th, so don't wait. Now is the time to get it done. Uh, And the cost is going to be $30 for the competition and $5 for shipping. So I hope you guys will check this out. Once again, that is inklingtrivia.com. All right, Carmela, let's get the second half started. All right, let's head into round four. First category is in television. TV. Who was the only woman in the first class inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame in 1984? The only woman? The only woman in the first class. All right, we're locked in. All right. For me, it can only be one person. Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. Yeah, agreed. So we'll lock in Lucille Ball. Yep, okay. There can only be one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. We said Lucille Ball. <laughs> and it is Lucille Ball. Sweet. Good job, everybody. Not so good by you two, actually. Just good job for us. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not rooting for you. We're rooting for I, us. 
I have a slight fascination with Lucille Ball. So. Oh, my. Yeah. Only slight, though. <laughs> she literally ball. just held up a wine glass with Lucille Ball on it <laughs> out of the blue. Where are you recording from? Is this my house? So you, you just happen to have a Lucille Ball wine glass I, hanging around I your do. living room. She's, she's actually uh, my hero, like my mentor and, Ooh. you know, the first person, you know, she's a comedian and everything like that. And, uh, you know, without her, we wouldn't have Star Trek. So come on. Yeah, you're Lucille right. Lucille Ball rocks. Mm-hmm. So that was an unfair question, Carmela. She likes Lucille Ball a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a Michael Jackson question. Yeah. <laughs> I had you got it right. That, so. That's what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> All right. Your next category is science. Science. The distance from the Earth to the sun is about 93 million miles. This is the scale for what unit of measurement? You want the name of the unit? Yes, please. All right. We're locked in. All right, I know that there is a unit of measurement called a SOL, an S-O-L. I don't know what it measures, but seeing as it's distance to the sun, S-O-L would kind of make sense. Do you have anything else on this? Or Well, if we don't get this answer, I guess we are S-O-L. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was so well done. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, sure, let's lock in. SOL. All right, we're gonna, we'll lock in SOL. <laughs> so, That's so great. That is perfect. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it's kind of a weird phrase. It sounds kind of rudimentary, but I'm pretty sure that the distance between the Earth and the Sun is known as an astronomical unit. And so we said astronomical unit. All right. And the answer is astronomical unit or an AU. SOL. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I, I've I knew it because when I heard it the first time, I said to myself, "Well, that's stupid." You're stupid. Everything's <laughs> it, the distance between anything in space is an astronomical unit by definition. That, that's just what they decided to name it. Yeah. So. Well, I guess it's useful if you're measuring something in something smaller than light years. Oh yeah. All right. Your last category in the round is in history. What was the name of the Democratic Republic of the Congo before 1997? I know one that it's not. That's helpful. Oh, that, that's <laughs> not a bad answer, Ben. That feels somewhere near there. And I know it's no longer a country. Oh. I know that that happened there. Yeah? So this is, I feel like this. All right, is, circle that. We're locked in. We're locked in. All right. All right, so all I can think of, Sean, is I'm pulling back to 1993 in French class. I think it was owned by the French in that time, and the Zaire is right there. So I want to go with, I want to say it's the Republic of Zaire. Okay, I've got nothing on this. <laughs> I, the, my, my African geography is poor. So you're locking in with Zaire? Why not? Sure. Ben, you answered the question for us. Why don't you? Yeah. Take so it? I was thinking about so the joke that I made about being I know that it's in the center of the continent. <clears throat> Couldn't immediately come up with something, and then I remembered. I believe it was in '74, the Rumble in the Jungle between Ali and Foreman, and I know that that took place in Zaire. And as far as I know, that's not a country anymore. So we went with Zaire. Oh, we it are was, so smart. It was owned by the French. It was called Zaire. Sweet. Oh, good <laughs> yeah. job, Ben. 
I said that's, that's my Detroit that. side coming out. That's right. That's why. That's right. That was my people. It's all good. That's right. <laughs> wow, we have an exciting game going right now, guys. It is all tied up. 95 to 95 after the fourth round. We have oh. two more rounds in a mid in a final to go. 95 is you are graduated. You guys are totally going to lose now. <laughs> yes, because those are related. Yep, it is. You want to know? I was going to say I'm doomed then because I graduated in '93 and you guys don't go by threes or anything. So I was out of the. Place you want? You want no secret, Ben? I, I was eight yeah. in 1995. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out, Carmel. Hey, if it makes you feel isn't better, isn't that adorable? I I know, isn't she cute? <laughs> if it makes you feel better, Ben, I graduated in '95 too. And from college? No, from high school. <laughs> Class 95, dude. Oh, well, I skipped the grades. That probably explains Yeah, you're smarter than I am, so. <laughs> no, I, Apparently. No, I'm not. Actually, they didn't let me skip grades because I was immature. No, okay. Which Shocking. I think everybody can believe. <laughs> yes. But you're almost a man. You're almost 40. I'm, oh, I'm almost 40. I'm a man. I'm almost a man. I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> Got a couple more months. Wow. At least you'll get a chance to grow old unlike Batman's parents. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh, too soon, too soon. You should have heard. You, there was an episode a couple of weeks ago where she dropped that joke out of the blue. It was crazy. I listened to that on my ride to Tampa. I almost had to pull over. It was awesome. I'm funny, damn it. Yes, you are. I just want to point out that she's been swearing a heck of a lot more than I have, so kudos to her. She's a first lady. All right, round five. First categories in music. Michael Jackson's Thriller is the number one best-selling record uh, of all time. Another Michael Jackson uh, question. Yes, Detroit, baby. <laughs> with an estimated 65 million sales. What is the number two record with an estimated 50 million sales? And the uh, source for this is Billboard. Do we read the question about, again? Just no, it's just we've I'm I've had arguments 50%, about this before. I'm about fifty percent confident, at least. In this. I I yeah, lock it in, <laughs> lock it in. <laughs> Do mean, it before I change lock, my mind. Circle it. We're locked in. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Why are you so upset? I don't understand. I'll explain later. All right. <laughs> I must have edited all of that out once upon a time. All right, we're locked in, guys. Locked in, and we're back to another Michael Jackson. I don't know question. Um, Sean, what are you thinking on this? Well, here's the thing for a very long time, I'm pretty sure that Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon was the number one album, and I think it was overtaken by Thriller. So, my guess is that that's probably still number two. It's either well, Pink Floyd, you're, you're right, Dark Side of the Moon. That was pretty good. You know, it was also up there. We've got, um, oh, God, what's his stupid name? The big fat guy. Yeah, Meatloaf. <laughs> oh, Bat Out of Hell? Yeah. I don't think Bat Out of Hell outsold Dark that's, Side of the Moon, though. That's no, Mr. Loaf so, to but you. But then you also have ACDC, too. My, that's like a whole different genre. That was like, yeah. Back in Black was uh, huge. And I think even yeah, still with but, the new the new reboot with that and everything like that, I'm not quite sure, but... Um, you want to go with Pink Floyd? I'm just throwing I, out things out there. You know how I do this. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potheads out there lining up uh, Dark Side of the Moon with The Wizard of Oz and seeing if it syncs up and bought a lot of uh, Dark Side of the Moon albums back in the day. So uh, I'm pretty sure that's number two. All right, well, we'll lock in Pink Floyd. That's good. 
You guys made Carmela put her head down. <laughs> the big fat guy. Oh, no. You said yeah. the big fat guy, you know, meatloaf, and she <laughs> lost it. She lost it. Yeah, I kind of just say whatever comes out of my mouth. I probably shouldn't be it's podcasting. Totally cool. I'm probably going to get put in jail at one point. We call like, him Mr. Loaf here. Yeah, Mr. Loaf. Mr. Loaf. So, Ben, why don't you explain your logic, and then I'll tell you why I reacted to it. So I know that I've researched this for a previous show a couple months back, and I remember seeing like the top five albums, you know, Thriller being number one, and... I I recall Back in Black being very high on that list, along with Dark Side of the Moon, as you mentioned. But my recall says Back in Black is actually number two. So we've had a we had a question about the number one selling of all time, and got into an argument about what came after it. Me and Chris have in the past, and I it was recorded. It was on the show. It wasn't a question though, and I was he he was saying Back in Black was really high. And I was like, you're full of S, dude. Nobody listened to Black and Black's heavy metal. Nobody was listening to heavy metal. Oh my God. There's a whole big thing of heavy metal out there. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. We looked after the fact and he proved me wrong. I thought it was Eagles Greatest Hits was number two, um, for a long time. And it is in the top five along with, Mm -hmm. I think, Dark Side of the Moon, but I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure Ben's right. We went with Back and Black. Ah, if it is, I'm going to be mad, Sean. Well, Eagles Grace hits number six. You're going to be SOL again on your oh, son question. It's lost ground. Yeah, Eagles Grace hits number six. Mr. Loaf's Bat Out of Hell was number five. Wow. I'd like to point out that I'm not a pothead, and Pink Floyd is one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> um, which, Dark Side of the Moon was number three. Ah! This bodes well. Back in Black was number two. Ben! <laughs> He's back. And I'm black. He's back and black. Yep, there you go. That's why I got that. You guys that. are screwed up. Uh. <laughs> Carrie, you named like every album in the top five, by the way. I'm really impressed yeah. again. The only one you didn't name was um, the Bodyguard soundtrack, which was number four. Wow. Winnie Houston. Yeah, I forgot about her. They probably, you know, they probably I got mean, a lot of I sales. I do a lot of research died. for our show, too. So, I mean, I got a lot of this stuff in my head. So, don't don't think that I'm just all. Yeah, but all remembering it when you're under pressure, that's the hard part. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I don't even know. Sean? <laughs> This is why we have writers, or at least the I writers know. are. I don't know this stuff because I don't research it. So, All right. Okay. All right. Your next category is in literature. 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 Man from the South is an adult short fiction story that was used as the basis of Quentin Tarantino's segment of the movie Four Rooms. It was written by an author more famous for children's stories. What's the name of the author? You getting ideas? I got nothing. We got nothing either. This doesn't bode well. All right, we're locked in with our probably wrong answer. Oh, well, maybe we can catch up because I think I have the answer on this one. Uh, (laughs) My daughter is an avid reader, like ridiculous. And one of her favorite stories is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And this person turns 100 this year. So I'm going to say it's Roll Donald. Okay. The only question I see, Roald Dahl was the first one that came to mind for me too. Yeah. But is he? Isn't he British? And would that? Because the man from the South seem. I mean, maybe it's the South of England, but I would immediately have thought of the Southern United States because we always refer to that as the South. I didn't read the book, but it could be like the South of France. It could be the South of Spain. It could be all those types of things. Personally. 
I don't know. Your SOL question. Maybe yeah. go with me on this one. That's just what I'm thinking. So we're going to lock okay. it in. <laughs> we're going to lock this one in. Override. She's making an executive decision. <laughs> I, I do them all the time. And then he he yeah. he vetoes me. It's fine. It's how so, it works. So, Ben, you originally said Mark Twain. Yep. What did I say? Um, you actually, the first thing you wrote down was Dr. Seuss. Actually, I said Mark Twain's not children's books. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, <laughs> and I even though Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, I don't think those are children's books, even if they have nope. kids in them. Nope. They uh, don't. I did say Doctor Seuss, and then I thought about Judy Bloom, and I didn't make it the doll. Um, that's a pretty good answer, right? So we said Doctor Seuss. He would have been a hundred on this past Tuesday, September thirteenth. Rel doll. Dark on it. <laughs> the the story is dark. Like this, his books are dark. You know, yeah, I mean, most of them. Yeah, they are pretty dark. But like the way it's set up is, this guy is talking to another guy and says, "If you can light this lighter ten times in a row, I will give you my car. If you can't, I get to keep one of your fingers." Oh, that show <laughs> is Tarantino. Yeah, I can and totally so, see that. So he used it. I think Tarantino's segment was called "The Man from Hollywood," mm. um, and it's Eek. the same kind of story. Wow. Yeah. Eek. All right, last category in the round is in movies. Ugh. Who was the last actor to win two consecutive Best Actor awards? Or for Best Actor Oscars, I should say. Read it again, please. Who was the last actor to win two consecutive Best Actor Oscars? Um, you want to go with that? Yeah, let's go with it. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're locked in. I don't feel good about it. In fact, I feel terrible about it. So we're locked in. All right, Gary, right. the last person I can remember doing this was Tom Hanks in the 90s. Ooh, I didn't even think of him. So you got... Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And in that range there, uh, two consecutive times. I can't remember which movies, but I know it was Forrest Gump and one of the other two. I want to say Philadelphia. Yeah, he definitely won one for Philadelphia playing the uh, um, AIDS guy. And then I know yeah, he won for Forrest Gump. I, I don't know if those were back to back, but man, that is a really good guess, Sean. That's yeah. that's where I would hit, too. So let's just go ahead and lock I that one in. Yeah, I don't know that anybody's done it since. So we're going to go with Tom Hanks. Okay, sounds good. All right. Ben and I locked in freaking Tom Hanks. Nice. <laughs> um, But... While you guys were talking, I started to think about Russell Crowe. I think he did it for Gladiator and A Beautiful Mind. I know he won it for Beautiful Mind. So we'll find out. But that's why I reacted in the middle of their talking. Mm. But we said Hanks. Okay. Well, the first guy to do it was Spencer Tracy back in the 30s. But the last guy to do it, and actually the only other person to do it, was Tom Hanks. Oh, Thank you. Goodness. Philadelphia in 1993, Forrest Gump in 1994. Nice job, Sean. Good job. All right. That is the end of the round, guys. And we had a couple of lead changes in that round, but we ended it in a dead heat. It is 115 to 115. Now, just so you know, at the end of the game, after the mid, after the final, which is a wager question, if we happen to be tied, there is a tiebreaker procedure. The tiebreaker procedure is rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) Yes. So. There's a way to break the tie if we have to, but we'll see how we how this round goes. All right, going into round six. All right, first category in the round is in geography. Geography. Okay. We, we, we still had to have geography in here. <laughs> Thinking about as, you, Christopher. As I'm famous for saying, apparently. <laughs> you are now. That one time. Yep. Cool. The country of Italy 
includes the two largest islands in the Mediterranean. Sicily is one. What is the other? All right, we're locked in. All right, Sean, I know there's... Okay, Elba is where they they banished Napoleon uh, or ostracized him. And then there's Sardinia, which I think that is the second biggest. That's the question, correct? The second largest island? It's, it's Italy contains the two largest islands. One is Sicily. What's the name of the other? Yeah, Sicily is like right at the end of the boot. And then Sardinia is at kind of the... Uh, the knee part, I guess you could say. It's like the biggest one. I I want to say Sardinia. All right, because I honestly couldn't come up with anything. I, I kept wanting... <laughs> I, I wrote down Corsica, but I'm not even sure that's like an island in the Mediterranean. So It is. It is. All right. So at least I got in the right ballpark, but I have no All idea. Right. <laughs> Americans in geography on the next trivia games. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my, uh, my geography is horrible. So yeah, Sardinia sounds good to me. I'll I'll buy that for a dollar. So why not? <laughs> He's buying that for a dollar. We're locking it in. <laughs> so we wrote down Cyprus, Sardinia, and Capri on our paper. Um, ben pointed at Sardinia, and and we considered it. I feel like Capri is bigger. My only concern with Capri is that it might be an independent nation and not part of Italy. So we're about to find out because we said Capri. Cyprus is the number three largest island. The number two is Sardinia. Doggone it. Oh, mm. yes. <laughs> Did you forget you got it right? For you. I, I flinched for you. I was like, oh, but then I was like, yeah. <laughs> she felt bad, but it passed. So. Uh, yeah, right. Then she remembered she got it right. I don't know if it's an island made out of salty little fish, but it is the second largest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your next category is in television. What comedic actress first made a name for herself by singing a love song about Secretary of State John Foster Dulles? Whoa. I don't know either, dude. Well, I don't know either. All right, we're locked in. All right. All right, Sean, here's what I'm thinking. Um, there's this PBS thing about like funny women in comedy. Dulles is um, the name uh, Dulles Airport. Um, and I'm thinking back in, oh God, you know, way back. So, um, you know, uh, Carol Burnett did a lot of those funny songs and things like that where she would just kind of like make an of herself. Oops, got to beep that. Make a donkey um, of herself. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember, but I, I think I was watching this, um, where she was singing some kind of a song, uh, to this guy. Uh, and I think. Back in the day. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with Carol Burnett. Sounds like something she would do. Um, you know, and I think that's what actually made her famous from what the PBS thing uh, was that I watched. So, Okay. Because the only person I could think of that was ever, like, known for song was her partner, Vicki Lawrence, because she did The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. She was younger, though. So, it's like, I'm thinking... Right farther back like where did carol burnett come from you know so that, and that's what, yeah yeah so i'm thinking this is actually what got her involved she actually was the one that got vicky lawrence um into comedy and things like that and they mm -hmm. were friends and stuff so she's actually second gen where carol burnett would be first gen so i that's that's where i'm sticking with with carol so okay i can go with that because i All wasn't right. sold on vicky lawrence so we can lock in carol burnett sounds good okay we're locking it in 
Feels like Carrie knows a lot about TV, doesn't it? Yeah, a whole lot. Well, at least about four yeah. TV characters. She knows a lot about, lot about I, ladies, and I'm okay with let, that. Let's be fair. <laughs> I was a stand-up comedian for a few years, so this is one of my passions. So, Oh, were let's, you really? Yes, I was. So oh, that's cool. All right. Well, so we named three people. The first one I had written now is Mary Tyler Moore. I know her show, the Mary Tyler Moore show, was at a news station and I think it was set in Washington, D.C., if I'm not crazy. So I thought about that. But both Ben and I both wrote down two names, Carol Burnett and Vicki Lawrence. And we didn't go through the detail that you did, but I think we both leaned in the direction of the older one. And went. we ended up circling Carol Burnett for no better reason than she was funny and, and she did that kind of funny stuff. So the name of the song was I Made a Fool of Myself over John Foster Dulles. And she... Got famous by performing it on The Tonight Show, and The Ed Sullivan Show was Carol Burnett. Wow. Yeah. Good job, Ben. He was, the, uh, he was the Secretary of State at the time. He was Eisenhower's Secretary of State. God, you even had the years right, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a big one. If they get this right, then they're going to be ahead going into the final. But if they get it wrong and we get it right, it's going to be a tie going into the final. Yep. All right, let's be a good category for Jonathan. Food and drink? Oh, sh- <laughs> I thought it was going to be Michael Jackson. I was like, forget it. I'm out. How many Michael Jackson questions can we have? NBA. Michael Jackson and the Detroit Pistons. That would have been awesome. Right? Why couldn't the category be the Detroit Pistons? Category, category 90s R&B. Yes. <laughs> category. All right. What high school foodie, did so Christopher go to? <laughs> all right. Uh, food and drink. What was the first culture to drink chocolate? All right, Ben and I both went in the same direction immediately, so we're locked in. All right. All right, I kind of know this one, Carrie, in oh, that thank I God. well, <laughs> don't don't thank God yet. In what? that I know it was one of the Central South American native tribes. It's either the Aztecs, the Incas, or the Mayans. I'm almost positive it was the Aztecs, but I could be mistaken. I tend to get those three kind of confused, um, but my thought is that it is with the Aztecs. I know it's one of those three. I know it's one of those groups down down south. Right. So the Mexican Gulf Coast, I happen to used to live in the Gulf Coast, like touches right there where the Mayan civilization is. So the Mayans, Mexico. Mm-hmm, yeah, like right there. Is that what you're thinking? No, the, further south. You're thinking even further south than that. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they don't grow a lot of cocoa in Mexico that's further south that they grow it. Okay. Um, that's why I want to say the Aztecs. Aztecs are northern South America, right? Well, all right. I'm just thinking, like, for me, like, the Mexicans use, um, like, cocoa and cacao and everything. Like, they're the, one, they're the first ones that came up with a, um, what's that sauce called where they put chocolate in it? Um, Mole. Mole sauce. I didn't want that's you to beat I, yourself any further. Thinking, <laughs> that's why I'm thinking Mayan. That's my only, that's my, that's my one push. But if you want to say Aztec, let's go with the Aztec. But I don't, I don't, know, I don't know the connection with the Aztecs. I, I have the connection with the Mayans and the Mexicans, but I don't see the connection with the Aztecs. So. Okay. Like I, I said, I get those three confused. And All right. I, I know it's going to be one of those three. So if you're thinking Mayans, uh, at this point, I'm willing to go along with you, so we'll go and lock in Mayans. All right. Sounds good. 
the Incas are the furthest south, I'm almost certain, because they were in Peru. Okay. The Mayans were south Mexico, and I believe the Aztecs were also in Mexico, a little bit further north, but in the, in roughly the same place, just different times. Okay. Um, we had the same debate, same conversation. Neat. A- and we went with Aztecs. Oh, it's Uh-oh. down to this. Uh-oh. So Aztecs or Mayan, Mayans are going to determine who has the lead. It was sacred to them, and Cortez ended up bringing it back to Europe. It was the Aztecs. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Boom, baby! That's what I'm talking about, Willis. <laughs> All right. I guess I am SOL out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was huge. We both got 20 points in that round. Going into the final, it is 135 to 135. All right. Category the final is in music awards. Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, at least it's not female comedians. There you go. All right, Carmela, we're both locked in with our wagers. What is the question? All right. Place these female artists in order by number of Grammys won. Most to least. Aretha Franklin, Beyonce, Alicia Keys, Allison Krauss. And it does include any um, groups groups they were part of. Okay. So that was Aretha, Beyonce, Keys, and Krauss? Yep, Allison Krauss. Okay. Most to least? Most to least. All right. We have our answer locked in. Okay, now. All right. Well, Aretha has definitely had to have won the most. She's like, no, no, no. no. Aretha, Aretha is the answer in there to make you think that she is really high up. But I can, I would bet that she's not. Alice, you want to go by dominance of their category because, like, Alison Krauss is a bluegrass singer, and she wins every year. Aretha Franklin has been around forever, and she's got to have won like thirty to thirty-five by now. I don't know, but I—I I, if, if I mean, she's been around a long time, but I don't. I think she had a lot more competition. Yeah, if you think about Lifetime Achievement Awards, it's still a Grammy. All those types of things too. Has Krauss been around that long? No, but a Lifetime Achievement Award is one. Right. So it's for one. a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> is this nominated? She got 14 Lifetime award? Achievement Awards. No, wins, but she right? was the first female inductor to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So hey, no, hint, no hints out of you. <laughs> there you go. It has nothing to do with Grammys. <laughs> and? Yeah, you're damn right it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's flip this around. Who won the least? Let's try that. Like, you keys? Want to know on my list? Huh. You honestly want to know my list right now that I'm looking at is Allison Krauss, Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Aretha Franklin in that order. Whoa. I have Aretha, I have Krauss, Beyonce, Keys. See, and I think Alicia Keys probably has more dominance in her category. That's how I got it. If you were in the same room, I'd tell you to arm wrestle. <laughs> we would. We I, can't, I, can't, I can't say who's got more thunder. It's <laughs> a whole lot of thunder on both sides. Oh, she's bringing out. She just gave him two tickets to the gun show. <laughs> All right, Carrie. Only for this whole purpose that you have had more right than I have. I am going to let you uh, answer yours. I just my feedback is I don't think Aretha Franklin is going to be as high as you want to think she is. I think okay. that's a trick, and I think 
I mean, Allison Krauss, one or two, and I think Alicia Keys is probably higher. But those are my opinions. You go ahead and set the final list because I don't think we're going to be able to argue this out between the two of us at this point. Right. Well, okay. So if that's the case, we're going to go with Aretha Franklin, one. Number two is Krauss. Number three is Beyonce. And number four is Alicia Keys. All right. Good luck, my friend. This is for everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> Benjamin, we yes, both agreed on one thing immediately. Yep. And that's that Alison Krauss is number one. She's definitely number one. She has like 28, and she's like number two all time. We ended up going Krauss number one, Aretha number two, Beyonce number three, and Keys number four, which I think is kind of Sean's list in a yep. sense. I so think he had Aretha last, but oh yeah, you did have Aretha last. I, I thought that was crazy, but yeah, we'll we see. have this. The the answers entered are the same, except we flipped Krauss and, and Franklin. We yeah. have Franklin one. You guys have Kraus one, and we both have Beyonce three, and both have Keys four. Yeah, yeah. I'm confident in Kraus. So oddly enough, these are actually the top four females. Are they really? These I would not out. have guessed that. So with no. 27, Allison Kraus, number one, number one, woo. Yes. Number two with 20, Beyonce. Wow. You're Whoa. Right. You're right. She number three with 18, Aretha Franklin. Mm. And number four with 15, Alicia Keys. Wow. My goodness. My, my. Well, none of us got it right. That doesn't mean the game is over. That means it comes down to wagers. Let's start with Ben and Jonathan. Ben, what did we wager? So, you know, the theme on the show is only champions bet zero. Right. And so we want to be champions. We right bet there zero. in the middle of my page, you see our zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Jonathan and Ben will finish with 135. Carrie and Sean, do we have a tiebreaker situation? What did you wager? Well, our motto is either come out on top or make complete fools of yourselves. And we wagered 135. So we got, we got what you wagered. I like it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. That means the final score. Ben and Jonathan, 135. Carrie and Sean, zero. I got to uh, tell you. That was a fun game, though. That was, was a really was good game. You guys were a great team. That was a lot of fun. It's how we roll. It's all yep. good. <laughs> so now you guys, I want to remind everybody, you guys do your own trivia podcast. It's right. called Trivia Geeks. Yep. Where can people find it if they want to check you out? Well, we are about to, starting in October, move to Wednesday nights at 9.15. Uh, you can go to our uh, website for more information, which is BlazingCaribouStudios.com. We do air the episodes live on AlphaGeekRadio.com or alphageekmedia.com. Either one of those sites would work. Um, and then you can check out the uh, podcast on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and at our site again, blazingcariboustudios.com. Not that. to mention, we have about a million podcasts through our company, Blazing <laughs> Caribou Studios. So please check it out because there's a lot of fun stuff there. Anywhere from metal and MMA to, you know, Geek Cinema Society of Movies to um, we've got sketching comedy coming out with me and a fellow artist and another um, improv guy. So it should be a lot of fun. So please check it out. Love it. All right, guys. So our Warhead of the Week this week is Kevin Kuschel. Yay, Kevin. Kevin, an awesome contributor over on the Facebook group, the Trivial Warfare Army Facebook group. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate that you've been listening, and you are our Warhead of the Week. We also have some new reviews, guys. 
Uh, believe it or not, we've had a kind of a, a jump really recently, and we're up to 104. Woo-hoo! Oh, my goodness. 104, that's right. Getting our way to 125. I know. We're on the, uh, what is it, the Trek to Trek, 125? Trek to 125. Mm-hmm. All right, so our next review is from Giant Ninja. Ooh. It must be tough being a giant ninja because you're supposed to be stealthy, but you're a giant. But he must be very good then. Hmm. You have to be. You must be. If you're a giant ninja. Giant ninja. It could be a she. She. She could be, but probably a guy. I don't know. There are not too many female giants. But there are lots of female ninjas. Hmm. They make good ninjas. They do. We do. Yes. They do. We do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Do we do we do? Do we do we do? Uh, I found this podcast yesterday. Yesterday. He stressed that. (laughs) He said, I found this podcast yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) And I've already listened to six episodes. Wow. (laughs) I drove from Iowa to Chicago, uh, from Iowa City to Chicago last night from midnight to 4 a.m. And Jonathan and Chris and Carmela kept me awake, laughing and shouting answers at my speakers and safe on the road. Wonderful. (laughs) Awesome podcast and well worth your time. Hashtag Team Carmela. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think the more I get complain about Team Carmella, the more they're going to be. Well, you know, they're doing it despite right. you. I don't know how I feel about that. This is this is something that you've started. You do I, a lot. You do a I, lot of things despite him. So they're just I, I do. You. We have a new review from from a Bearcat Matt. I like the rhyming. Yeah, I like the rhyming too. Rhyming and rhyming. <laughs> you like the Sam rhyming? Bearcat Matt says pub trivia godsend. I run a pub trivia contest in a small bar in Florida, and I love this show. It is a great representation of the pub trivia groups I see each week. I find myself laughing as I yell answers out while I listen, usually during my run. Great show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bear, Cat, Matt. I appreciate you. We also have a new review from PS7497. They say, It's a fun podcast for trivia competitors. The questions, topics, and entertainment on the episodes are inclusive of those who are not as into competitive trivia. I look forward to the show's evolution going forward. Cool. I like that. That one is good. I've often said if we're doing the job right, if we're doing the show right, then it should be entertaining for people who aren't good at trivia. Right. So that that's actually really good feedback. Thank you, PS7497. And the last one that we're going to read today is from Dallas in Dallas. That's all right. I, did they do that on purpose or did they move to Dallas? I don't know. Hmm, interesting. Okay. And Dallas and Dallas, Team Carmella, but only gave us four stars. That's okay. No, if they're Team Carmella, that needs to be five stars. I'm kind of depressed by that one. No, I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm not that special. You're giving people license to give us four stars all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, Dallas says, I like the show. I look forward to my Monday dog walk so I can listen. A few suggestions. More Carmella. Okay. <laughs> right. We're uh, giving them more Carmella. Has and been then, on a lot. <laughs> and the, actually, this person, this person's pretty, pretty um, spot on here. They say, Chris, you don't always have to repeat category names and falsetto voices. <laughs> <laughs> and then they say, Jonathan, it's okay not to get every question correct. <laughs> it doesn't make the question faulty. Okay, I like him. <laughs> I like nice. him a lot. <laughs> Dallas could be a girl. No advice for me? No. Uh, You're not on enough. You've been, you've been, you've been, uh, tricking. We, ignoring we us. Miss you, we miss you, Ben. We miss you a lot. Uh, you overall, I really like the show. Thank you, Dallas. I think all of us actually agree with everything you said, but 
Except I, for the more Carmella part for you? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I've been told that my whining can be entertaining. Yeah. Sometimes. Depends on how much of a dosage we get. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for the reviews. We do have some Patreon promotions to announce. Uh, we have a new major, Chris Haith. Chris is a new $25 a month donator. Thank you, Major Haith. We appreciate you. We were actually supposed to record with Chris this weekend, uh, but due to the evacuations uh, for Hurricane Matthew, we didn't get the chance to. So looking forward to uh, touch base with Chris in the near future. We have a new private, Lynn Sky, donating $1 a month. Thank you, Lynn. You get it, and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We have a new captain, Joshua Winrich. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, Joshua. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. As a captain, we are definitely going to get you on the show and uh, looking forward to getting to know you better. And last but not least, we have William Dennison the second. Ooh, that's very prestigious, the second. William is a new lieutenant. Awesome. Thank you so much, William. I appreciate your support as well. If you guys are interested in supporting the show, like these fine people just did, head over to patreon.com backslash TWA, and you'll have the opportunity to get in on the action there. Okay, I think it's time to wrap it up. Great game, guys. This was a lot of fun. You guys did a marvelous job, by the way. That was as tight as it could be. Yeah. Uh, it all awesome. came down to bets. So. That's what he said? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. We should start that hashtag. Yeah. That could be a winner. All right. Well, that is Ben. That is Carmella. That is Carrie. And that is Sean. My name's Jonathan. And this has been Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Bye, guys. Bye. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. I love it. It's like, it could be... It's like Tim Allen having a stroke. <laughs> It's like, uh, it's like Tim Allen having a stroke. <laughs>